0: This is News Talk 980 CKNW.
1: Thanks for being with us this morning. Well, as you know, this past week, as the fourth round of North American free trade agreement negotiations got underway, uh, that was the same day that our prime minister was in Washington meeting with Donald Trump. But so what is happening now with these negotiations and where do things stand as far as Canada getting the best deal it can when it comes to NAFTA. Joining us on the line to talk a bit more about this is Carlo Dade, Director of Trade and Investment Centre, the Trade and Investment Centre with the Canada West Foundation. Carlo, thank you so much for being with us. Good morning. Uh, What is your takeaway from what we're seeing in this fourth round of negotiations?
0: Well, as expected, things are starting to uh, heat up a bit. It, with trade negotiations, generally you try and get the easy stuff out of the way, build momentum, put non-contentious issues forward. So earlier they completed the competition chapter. That's basically a, a chapter that helps small businesses and other issues that weren't too contentious. But now they're moving into the the more contentious issues. Uh, content for auto parts, uh, the dispute resolution segments of uh, the, Americans put forward their first uh, ask on uh, dairy. So we're starting to see things get, uh, some of the more contentious issues get on the table.
1: And how realistic is it to think that if things go sideways, the U.S. will simply terminate the deal?
0: Oh, it's it's The odds have been the same since we started with the Trump administration, and that's 50-50. If you go back and listen to Trump's statements and say what you want about Donald Trump, he has been fairly consistent on this point. Uh, We may not be able to reach an agreement. We may have to look at withdrawing. We may have to look at separate agreements. He's been pretty consistent about that. So um, I, I think a lot of analysts, myself included, the media, didn't uh, didn't take that too seriously because of the longer history of dealing with U.S. administrations where this would just be a ploy. Trump's different. It's always been
1: 50-50. And when we look at it specifically from B.C., you mentioned dairy is now starting to be on the table. Uh, is it softwood lumber, or what is it that B.C. is most interested in or concerned about in these negotiations?
0: Well, softwood lumber um, won't be an issue um, in in NAFTA. There's been a decision deliberately not to um not to pull softwood into the into the agreement. So that's not much of an issue for BC. We actually though ran the tariff line items. And of course tariffs are a small arguably a small part of of NAFTA. But um we're looking at the top ten exports from each of the four Western provinces and looking at three scenarios. NAFTA tariffs, the Canada US agreement so there's a school of thought, and Canada's argued this position since we negotiated NAFTA, that should NAFTA end, we revert to the earlier Canada-U.S. agreement. Uh, so that's one scenario. And then the World Trade Organization, most favored nations' tariffs, which is what pretty much everyone gets around the globe. Looking at the difference between tariffs in the three scenarios and the top ten exports from B.C., you won't see an increase in tariffs under the Canada-U.S. agreement for any of B.C.'s top 10 exports. So softwood, electricity, aluminum, uh, chemical, wood, pulp, soda, those sorts of things. Under most favored nation status with the World Trade Organization, petroleum oils would get an additional charge from nothing up to um, 5.25 cents a barrel, um, aluminum would be hit with 2.6% uniform uh, cross-sector tariff, and zinc um, would get hit with a 1.5%. So you can see that most of the top 10 exports in B.C., none would get an increase under Canada U.S., as far as we can tell, and only three would get uh, an increase under the worst-case scenario, uh, which is World Trade Organization. I should note, too, that Trump could also just... Imp- use his emergency powers to impose higher tariffs on goods. But that is an even more unlikely scenario.
1: So are we putting too much focus on this fear of NAFTA, of Trump pulling out of it, or, or Trump simply saying, we're done with this?
0: No, NAFTA gives certainty to the larger relationship. Um, so it's not just uh, the the goods and the tariffs. It's also issues like moving the people uh, we have the ability to have Canadians uh, go down to the U.S. and get work permits at the border, uh, NAFTA visas, TN visas, they're called, and the same thing to bring Americans up. Um, it's been hugely important to, to some sectors, um, especially companies that have workers on both sides of the border and folks in the service industry uh, who want to work in the States. It also gives uh, form and structure to the to the larger relationship. It binds the Americans to certain tables. We have to meet and talk about issues. And again, with two billion dollars a day going across the border, you want as much certainty, structure, and form as possible. The issue though for BC in all this is it shouldn't have to go sideways. You know, we're looking at several possibilities as to how to mitigate those minor trade disputes. A huge advantage that Canada has is at the state level our Most premiers spend so much time in the states. We're members of the Western Governors Association, the U.S. Council of State Governments. But, you know, so uh, provinces like Alberta, Saskatchewan, where Brad Wall has been down repeatedly, have advantages to be able to talk to their U.S. counterparts. B.C. does not. B.C. has not paid attention historically to the relationship with the U.S., Um, taking part in the Western Governors Association. No B.C. premier was there this summer for obvious reasons. But um, you know, their absence in these forums, their absence in not reaching out to counterparts outside of Washington state, I would argue um, is going to leave B.C. in a weaker position should we be without NAFTA compared to Alberta, compared to Quebec, compared to Saskatchewan, compared to Manitoba.
1: And uh, as you said, uh, for obvious reasons this past summer, but does BC then have a history as well of of just not participating?
0: As far as I can tell. So I haven't been at this for (laughs) decades. um, But talking to people who have, yeah, um, BC has focused on its relation with its immediate neighbor, the Cascadia Corridor. But the, the forum, so take the Western Governors Association, you know, Bradwall, was the only Western premier to attend. Brian Pallister had to cancel at the last minute for a family emergency. It, it wasn't just dodging it. But, um, you know, so Brad Wall had 12 Western governors. I mean, you talk about your major export market in the U.S., your customers. He had 10 or 12 U.S. governors to himself. I forget how many were on the stage with him. I was there. But um, he had them to himself, and he had an hour and a half with them to talk about Canada, to talk about the common agenda in the West what we need to do together. And it was Hawaii, you know, all the way over to Idaho uh, that were there. So, again, it, it's been missing out by not taking part in, in activities in the U.S.
1: How much can we can we put into uh, that it's one thing to have the, the president making these threats to do away with the agreement, but it's quite another to have the fourth stage of negotiations are actually taking place uh, and there are talks going on and that kind of, I suppose, cooler heads will prevail.
0: I think so. At the end, we also have to remember that in the U.S., trade or regulation of commerce is a congressional responsibility. So we tend to put the emphasis and the focus on Donald Trump and what he says. But it's clear under the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, trade is a congressional responsibility, not a shared responsibility, not done in consultation with the administration. At the end of the day, Congress has to approve what gets done. There's even a question as to whether or not Trump can withdraw from NAFTA. Now, Congress has ceded its authority over trade to the president to allow him to withdraw. But there's a major question in Washington as to whether that ceding of authority is constitutional. So you're going to see Congress play a a major role in terms of constraining uh, what the president can do on this file, because at the end of the day, the U.S. Constitution is clear. An unequivocal illness. And that, again, is why the outreach to governors and the outreach in the states at, at the subnational level is so important. You want to get the cha- local chamber of Congress calling the congresswoman and saying, hey, you know, there are 10,000 jobs in your district that are tied to trade with Canada. Watch it.
1: Exactly. Uh, what about Canada's relationship with Mexico?
0: You know this is actually strengthening our relationship with Mexico. I would argue that you know the relationship has matured because of this common test by fire. Um, you know we're talking extensively with Mexico uh, in terms of not coordinating positions but simply uh, exchanging information. Mexico is huge leverage with the u s despite the threats coming uh, from the administration agriculture so you know Canadians think that. The United States dairy industry's number one ask under NAFTA is to open the Canadian market to end supply management. Actually, that's their number two ask. The number one ask from the U.S. dairy industry is to simply hold on to the Mexican market. So U.S. interest in in terms of especially agriculture – you know, Mexico has some leverage, and that you know is that's the type of ally you want in the room when the Americans are trying to beat you up on something, or you have a Tr- Donald Trump or a Trump-type administration. An ally that has some influence um, is helpful, and the Mexicans have been active on the state and local level. Their consul generals have been going in with the same charts that we go in with number of jobs tied to NAFTA, amount of trade that, you know, El Paso or Chicago has with Mexico. And we're there with the same thing with Canada. So it's been an effective partnership, I think, in some spots on the ground in the states, too.
1: All right. Carla, we'll have to leave it there. We're out of time. But thank you so much for joining us this morning.
0: My pleasure, Joe. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk.